Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to The Brian Diaries, where my pals and I get together and talk about subjects dealing with our favorite tabletop role-playing setting, The World of Darkness. While we may not be subject matter experts on the game lines, we have a passion that has led us to create and share actual plays with you all. Eventually we thought, well shit, we might as well take a stab at a podcast, and here you go. Each episode, we will have a guest content creator to join us to talk about whatever subject is on the table. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. So here we go. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Brian Diaries, the podcast where we play World of Darkness games, not because we like horror, but because we love cold brew coffee. I'm here, joined here today by Andrew. What's up, Andrew? Hello, hello. Hello. And so our guest today, I like to do a little intro to our guest before I hand it over to him. So today we are joined by perhaps one of the most talked about World of Darkness, Vampire the Masquerade gameplay podcast that I hear from people's lips whenever someone asks, what's a Vampire the Masquerade podcast I should check out, an actual play podcast? I am totally blown away by the chemistry these two folks have. And believe it or not, this is the first time we've had a duet guest. So I would like to introduce the esoteric order of role players. And I'll hand it over to you guys. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and introduce yourselves uh, to the listeners. So David, you All can right. go if you want. Yeah, I'll go. <laughs> uh, I am David Larkins and um, I am the founder of the esoteric order of role players and um, I'm here with my wife, Desiree Valdez, and she is, excuse me, <clears throat> she is my uh, partner in our World of Darkness duet chronicles that we have going on. Yeah, and um, so my name is Desiree Valdez, and I am part of the Esoteric Order of Role Players, and we also have our duets, um, which we'll be talking about today. And um, yeah, so I am from Los Angeles, California, Has have been living in Santa Fe, New Mexico for about eight years now. And uh, just to give you some context for where I'm from. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So tell us a little bit about like what the format of your guys' actual plays and like world, some World of Darkness ones that you guys are known for that you have on your channel and podcast. Mm. Yeah, we're, I think we're primarily known for what we call our duet games, which is a term I picked up Um just from online, uh, you know, other people who do this. And it's a one-on-one game. We have one storyteller and one player character. Uh, we also do some group World of Darkness games, and usually Desiree runs those. And she's a pretty um, ruthless and bloodthirsty storyteller. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> always. <laughs> Disturbing people left and right. Uh-oh. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I think uh, primarily we do world of, uh, duets, and of those, I mean, they are World of Darkness, but um, they are so far exclusively Vampire the Masquerade 20th Anniversary Edition games. So, and then we also yeah. have our um, hunters, a hunter chronicle that we've started as well, which oh, yeah. is um, I guess kind I just of an offshoot. I, I lumped that in because it was uh, hunters hunted originally, so it's kind right. of vampire adjacent. It is vampire adjacent, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, because you guys have, uh, Desiree, you ran the Giovanni Chronicles group game that you guys have on your channel, and then Neon Masquerade, 
I, what do you call that the whole series because there's uh, there's a couple different games that fall under like the neon masquerade like i guess right. continuity that you guys have the la by night why don't you tell us a little bit about that yes we've been actually talking more about what that name is um and so moving on into that the ones that fall under the umbrella of like our los angeles by night quote unquote um would be neon masquerade uh the demon's mirror and 13 candles and east of eden which is our current chronicle that's um, we're getting into the third and final story of that particular chronicle. But um, in terms of our name, I don't, I'm going to toss it over to Larkins to describe <laughs> what the name is. If you want to talk about yeah, that. We're, 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 we're brainstorming. Uh, Cause we did kind of recognize like, Oh, this has kind of gotten beyond a single chronicle, which the first chronicle was neon masquerade. So kind of like how everyone calls all the star Wars movies, star Wars. If <laughs> you know, everyone called, all those Chronicles Neon Masquerade, that would be fine. Um, I don't know. We're talking about nightlife would be one op- uh, one option, but uh, we haven't formalized anything yet. It's still, yeah, it's still pretty dynamic. That's cool, man. Like, I believe it or not, like, with all the stuff that we have going on with our channel and just other outside uh, hobbies of mine, it's really hard for me at times to, like, sit down and really get into an actual play. But, I mean, literally, there are so many people who I know who who bring up how much they enjoy not only your, your guys' World of Darkness uh, games, but like ton of other games that you guys have that you that you run on your podcast, different um, game lines. But I remember I, I sat down and I remember specifically listening to the uh, character creation session of Neon Masquerade, and I was just totally blown away by the chemistry. You know, obviously, you two have a chemistry. You guys are married and, you know, in a relationship and all that. But, I mean, just like it felt like relaxing like i literally was listening to that and i just felt felt like a sense of ease listening to it because i feel one of the uh, a great sign of a good podcast is no matter what the subject actual play or whatever is when there's a chemistry between the host the the host you know sometimes you listen to something like that it seems very forced and very just like not organic but listening to you guys it just felt like at ease because i felt like i was literally just like part of the conversation like hearing you guys talk back and forth about you know about her character and especially um and, and kudos to to you also dave is your guy your your voice your voices that you do for your npcs i was just totally blown away like it just made me yeah, really feel Texas like- accent actually is pretty good by the way <laughs> you know, a lot of people Thank you. i was not offended at all <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think I appreciate that feedback on our conversational style and the way that we sort of unfold things. And I think that comes from, I mean, we have a, a strong amount of trust um, in each other. And I think that contributes to to the, um, the feel. I think we also, um, I mean, G- David has been gaming for so long. And I say that with love. And yeah, I think that, I think you're, you're just such a pro. <laughs> and so there's that piece to it. And I also have always been interested in like the recording, like radio and and talking and having interview shows and all that kind of stuff. And I think that informs how I I think how we comport ourselves throughout the throughout the um, the sessions. And and also we trust each other. Like emotionally, there's a lot of stuff you can get into in the world of darkness. And I think sometimes it can be scary with a group of people. It can be it takes a lot of vulnerability. And I think because we already kind of have that. Uh, sort of baked in, <laughs> we're able to access those points. But we're also strongly visualizing the landscape. Um, we both have seen it, we know it, and we're familiar with it. And um, and David's ability to access all of those voices, I think, also contributes to that landscape, too. Yeah, it's it's a real argument for setting a chronicle in a place that you know, you know, because you're going to get 
uh, a lot more verisimilitude that way, I think. Mm -hmm. It's uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on later when we start asking questions too. Sure. Cool. Yeah, definitely. You know, and um, one thing too that really drew me to check you guys out is, you know, I've said this for people who listen to the Brian Diaries. I've said this in past Brian Diaries. Like, there's not like one true way to like run World of Darkness games, I suppose. But there are ways that I prefer, uh, hmm. and I prefer more like the personal horror kind of horror based of it. Like you said, exploring themes and, and that that you know you have to have the right group and an understanding with the group and and one thing especially the, the the people in our own group bring you guys up a lot by saying hey these guys have very you know what i mean they, they are on the same wavelength of like that how we view the world of darkness and 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 you like you need to check this out you need to check this out and that's why i did and and yeah so it's really awesome man to have you guys on and and <laughs> The taunt that the way and the one of the first things, and this is a shout out to Tillman, who's a member of our group who listens to you guys. One of the first things I heard about you guys, like these guys, like look up stuff about the 80s, and they like literally <laughs> did it right. And I, I forgot what the hell that shit is called, where they they that you guys talked about in the introduction where you can like look up things a little book or whatever. And I'm like, this is so awesome. And so I'm like, note to self, look up stuff about timeline. <laughs> Do I ever do it? So, like, yeah, you make the period piece just like it works because uh it's just it's you you tie in all those different uh, uh little quirks about living in that time and making like even if though it's just in the 80s you know life still was very different than it is now and it yeah. stands out because you're able to uh show that in the way you tell the story and how things unfold and like you know carrying around a pager you like how unique that was <laughs> to any other type of communication that we have now yeah, the pager yeah, was sure. something because I at this that I was so I think I was so desperate that my character I was like no like he needs to have something that he can know who's calling him because he's so much on the road he's a typical gangrel all all over the place outside God only knows where he's gonna turn up and I'm like no a pager so then it was kind of like well technically would he have access to that and then we figured out a way to justify it which uh, was helpful because things are getting pretty gnarly there but anyway. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. And also, I think I think you're talking about the Thomas Guide, um, yeah. which is the map, right? And David can talk more about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was talking about the Thomas Guide, yeah. And also the rad 80s horror movie collection on VHS. Oh, my but God, yes. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Everyone loves Derek. Derek's, like, mm -hmm. everyone's favorite NPC, so... Yeah, definitely. Good stuff. So uh, if you guys want to find ways that you can view or listen to the EORs, that's short for their, their group, by the way. So if you hear me say, say EOR, that is what I am talking about. Uh, you can find it in the, if you're watching the video, you'll see it in the video description or you'll see it in the podcast description. Feel free to check them out. Yeah. I'll also have their social media links and everything there. So where you, where you can have them. All right, so let's go ahead and jump to our first break and then we'll come back. We will talk about duet gaming. Hello folks, have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well. We have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered 
and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. All right, welcome back. So we are going to be talking about duet gaming. Yeah, let's uh, let's start this off with one of the, the more in-depth questions, I think, what I hinted at a minute ago. And I want to ask, how does the duet style help bring out more in-depth storytelling and the horror of the world of darkness and what types of advantages this type of playing method offers to you guys? That is an in-depth question. I like it. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, the, the most obvious um, uh, answer to that is that when you only have one player, you can really just go all in on that player uh, and their character in terms of background development, um, you know, tying them into the world, not really having to worry about spotlight time, you know, so because uh, it's all it's all on that one person. Uh, you can even get into some special, you know, kind of uh, like character concepts. Like I like when Des ran 13 Candles, I played a Salubri. I would never play a Salubri. <laughs> yeah. Game. I would never do that because that's like saying like, hey, everyone, I'm the special snowflake uh, character. Pay attention to me. But you I don't know, want do a thirteen-year-old salubri, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> salubri. So, uh, but yeah, in a duet game, you can kind of uh, get away with that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's think, yeah. There's an emotional piece to it. Um, I think also um, there's more of a chance to, as a player, um, it's more of a chance to develop my character. So not just being like, I'm good at this. Blah. Here you go. There's like. Oh, okay, well, I'm good at this, but then there's other things that I can play. There's this emotional undercurrent. I can think about my character's relationship to their brother, or I can think about um, a little bit more strategically who I want to align with. But that also is very, it also feels very scary, which I love too. So I think it also, it, it raises the stakes for me as well, because I know that he's going to hit me pretty hard with a lot of interesting things, but... At the same time, I mean, I'm always afraid, like, okay, this could be the last, this could be the last session. Like he could, Aaron Evans, my character can meet his, his end. Um, but at the same time, I know that um, it's always dependent on me to see where things go. And I can, um, I don't know, it just helps me to um, feel a little less um, uh, weak, I guess, as much as it might be like, yeah, we have a lot of people playing and they can cover your butt or whatever. I'm like, well, I'm the only one taking care of myself. So I need to figure out how this works. And I think it works particularly well with a gang girl character um, mm -hmm. because they are so much like these lone wolves. And so it, it fits in that case. If you were doing like a Tremere Chronicle or mm -hmm. something like, I think it would be much more difficult, but I don't know, who knows? Yeah, I was just gonna say a part of the part of our secret of success is that we just lucked into having a character who could <laughs> thrive on their own basically, so. I was gonna ask that, would you say that it kind of, uh makes it so that um the player plays just as much a role in like forging the story as a storyteller does from their own perspective uh being just the two of you you have more kind of control over that um yes absolutely. as a player i absolutely do um which i love um because i mean during like in between sessions you know i'm always trying to contribute to the storyline and like what about this and what about that and usually i have such a bad memory at times that 
by the time David brings it up back in the game, I'm like, oh, I'm like legitimately surprised, but it might've been something we talked about like four months ago. It's like, oh yeah. So I think like as a player, it's very rewarding because you are getting to collabor collaborate. You are, you are co, you're like co-GMing basically or storytelling, sorry. Yeah, to add to that, and I just like, I guess a comment uh, about like what we're talking about currently is like as a storyteller myself, I find it very commendable that you're able to do it because I feel like there's times when I'm like storytelling and there's like a, um, a really intense scene that I'm having with the player, you know what I mean? And when that scene is done, I almost welcome being able to go and focus on another player so I can like mm. recharge my batteries or, mm. and just like let everything settle that happened. And even like in our Shabbat game, we had a scene where like one of the players like, can you come back to me? I need to like think about or settle, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I find that like, that maybe is part of the reason why you guys are successful. One one of the many reasons, but is because like there's no escaping that. You know what I mean? There's like it's going to happen, and and I would um, and that kind of leads into my my next question is how how like what are some steps that you find that could that lead to a duet game being successful? Because the reason I ask is I I. I'm a. I don't think I'll ever try it, and I don't want to say never, just because I feel like I don't have. I don't have the, the 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 constitution for it. You know, as a storyteller, I'm one of those guys. After I storytell a group, I like have a storyteller hangover. You know, where like two or three days, I'm sitting there just like like not feeling my, like myself, and I have to like collect my thoughts. What are what are some ways to be successful uh, as a storyteller or just a duet group? Do you think that that would help others who may be looking into doing it? Um. Yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll throw in a caveat here, which is that um, I think maybe one of the reasons why I find it to be uh, a style that I'm comfortable with is because when I way back, you know, circa 1992, when I was first getting into playing RPGs, I could only find one friend who was interested. So a couple for a couple years, it really was us just doing the one on one gaming back then. So like to slip back into that format with Desiree, it was pretty natural for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, we do take breaks. I mean, they're not represented in the recording, you know, like we'll pause and take a little break, uh, here and there when we need to. Um, but yeah, like in terms of ensuring a successful one, I would say, you know, chemistry with the player, you definitely need someone, you, both of you need to have full buy-in on it. It can't just be like, Hey, uh, you want to do a one-on-one -on -one game? Uh, sure. I guess, you know, it's like <laughs> you both really into it. And then um, designing a character who's well-suited for one-on-one -on -one game. So like I said, we kind of lucked into it with Aaron Evans, but I've kind of realized since then, because with my Salubri character, Charlotte, like I think that was a little bit of a challenge for Desiree because my character was not combat-oriented at all. So she couldn't just throw antagonists at me, you know, or if she did, it's like, well, you're going to lose. <laughs> Guess what? So then she had to deal with that fallout. So. Yeah, that's one um, thing I never really thought of as being a key to success is the proper type of character. I never really yeah. even like really like until you mentioned that, like I didn't even factor that in like when I was listening to you guys that like this might not work with like whatever Toriador or Harpy type character or, or you know, thousands of other type characters. So you're saying that you want to be very like open and selective about like, like, would you say up front, like you say you lucked out, right? Was it really luck or was it like you guys sat there and kind of balanced ideas back and forth for characters and you as a storyteller was more kind of like, this is one that I think would work. I think, was, oh, oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it was literally like Desiree had no experience with vampire whatsoever. So I said, the first thing you want to do is pick a clan. Here's the 13 clans. She goes, mm, gangrel. And that was it. I mean, we just kind of went from there. So mm -hmm. we did. And I think um, with, with all of that, with, um, 
Aaron, at least, I had kind of a strong character concept. I thought, okay, well, he happens to be Gangrel, which actually is kind of tricky with the character concept that I came up with, but I think we matched it up pretty well. And there was stuff that just, it, it just kind of flowed, you know, it's kind of that sweet spot, which I wouldn't necessarily say is luck, but it's kind of tapping into that. I always kind of like think of gaming as like channeling these things that are actually somewhere in the ether, but we tapped into this vein and it was literally haha, but it was like, we really tapped into it. It was like, wow, okay, all this stuff's just flowing, coming forward, like, holy smokes, like how, how, how could this be so easy? Um, so we lucked into that. With 13 Candles, I would say that I had I had never done any sort of concerted storytelling. I had never done a chronicle except for Giovanni, which is very highly, highly scripted. But this is the first time just developing something on my own. So with David, I, I just, as long as he knew who his character was and what he wanted, the themes he wanted to explore. So really like, I mean, it's a lot of that, like, it's like, what themes do you want to talk about? Do you want to do like a coming of age story? Do you want to do, you know, what are some themes? So we really think about the themes and then we also do other things to help guide the story along. So it's not just like floating around. Like we give ourselves a lot of constraints. And I think through our, um, the titles of our stories and our chapters to um, guide us. So I think like in talking about a structure, find a structure that works for you, but the structure that's worked for us has been having a playlist for every chronicle. And David can talk more about that. That yeah, and I, and is I something that. that one of our listeners Ooh. wanted to focus on Ooh. is they Ooh. wanted to uh, know how you guys uh, were able to come up with the, uh, the the playlists that you had, the song choices, and why you made those decisions. Yeah, I can definitely talk more on that. I just wanted to add that something that I discovered through gameplay is, um, like, as Desiree mentioned, like, I don't do anything, and she doesn't either when she runs, uh, anything mechanically to, like, ensure the character's survival. You know, um, like I know Gumshoe one to one, which is another, you know, duet focus system. I believe uh, mechanically you cannot die until the finale of the story, you know, and it's kind of like, I guess they did that to ensure that you would have a complete experience. But for me, that kind of <laughs> defangs the whole thing. And, you know, if there's a chance that you could die, then I, you know, I, I'm not going to hold back on that. But at the same time, when you run a duet game, you have to be ready to break some uh, received wisdom that you might have with a group game. So for example, um, neither one of us when we run are very shy about handing out XP. Like we'll give, we'll give like two or three XP for role playing, you know, or whatever, like so that, you know, you can kind of get your dots up a little faster, not, not a huge amount, but just a little faster than you would in a group game. Or, um, you know, having NPCs there to help out. You know, because that's oh, right. one of the big challenges with duet gaming is like, the, you know, normally it's lean trust, right? Like three to five brains all thinking about a problem at once. Whereas with a du and then also you get little breaks, like when the spotlight's on somebody else. But with a duet game, spotlight's on you the whole time. And you're, it's up to you to come up with solutions. So if an NPC is there to help out a little bit, it's not a problem. Right, I think having an extensive NPC list is is very helpful if you're running the story for someone. And um, that is, as much as it's fun, and it's very overwhelming. Um, if you just look at, if we can put up our like 13 candles, like an example of like the tons of different characters and all the characters in Neon Masquerade so far, um, it's just a lot of NPCs to have in your pocket. And that just helps you as a storyteller and it helps out the player too. And if the player has an idea for different NPCs, I think, I mean, we're kind of open to those ideas. 
Um, so when collaborating on that, it's like, oh, well, who would you, who do you think you would like to see or what kind of a person, you know, what kind of a NPC? So NPCs are helpful. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you want to, shall we get into the music part right now? Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. So um, the the playlist thing came out of my own um, habit of making um, uh, playlists for just campaigns and chronicles in general. Um, that's just something I tend to do as a, as a part of my prep is to, you know, throw some songs on a playlist that I can listen to. And it just helps me kind of get in that, get in that mood. And I had done that because I'd been wanting to run a, a duet vampire game with Desiree for a while. And so I already had a playlist and, you know, that I was sort of putting together to kind of keep that fire kindled, I guess you could say. And, um, I, I guess what, it, I guess I was thinking about the old, you know, like first and second edition vampire and world of darkness rule books that would always have those lyrics, you know, music lyrics quoted in different sections, you know? And so that was always a part of that sort of aesthetic was to have, you know, like a sisters of mercy lyric or Bauhaus lyric or something, you know? So I was just kind of like, Hmm, yeah, maybe I can just kind of integrate this. What if, you know, I think I was on a plane when I came up with this, we were flying out uh, to visit some family in LA actually. And I was just like, wow, what if I just, had each song be like the individual chapter in the Chronicle. Yeah, that's a great idea, you know? And so that's just kind of where that started. And, um, uh, you know, what I do, like my sort of unofficial approach, and then Desiree picked up the ball with this and ran with it as well, is to sort of like look at it as a mix that's being made in its own time. So like uh, the music for Neon Masquerade or the music for 13 Candles or the music for Demon's Mirror are all drawn from contemporary music of the time like neon masquerade was like no music after 1989 and primarily west coast uh bands and singers you know with desiree it was like primarily mid-60s southern california you know like garage rock psychedelic rock you know that kind of thing so once you set those parameters for yourself you can start looking at within those genres that you've assigned to yourself and start putting a mix together and then again like much like with the character creation it just sort of flows from there so yeah I, I i agree i think the the titles of the songs the lyrics of the songs that can help to inform how you're crafting that story and it can also inspire the player too and it's funny sometimes i don't want to know um what the name of the chapter is until the very end and i'm like oh wow okay wow like we really got into that like and i felt that for 13 candles it was a, as a first time storyteller, it was good for me to have that guidance and go, okay, I kind of know the arcs. I kind of know where I want this to go. These are the songs that are conveying that and it's helping me to, to run this story or to tell the story with David. So I think um, everything David said is, is key. It, it should be something that speaks to the time. It has to be strict. You, you can't just throw any songs in there. It's just like, how is this telling the story? Like, really, how is it focusing on the narrative? How is it highlighting or or complementing the feel? And because it's all to me, I mean, to to immerse yourself in this world and what we've created so far, and I think what's been enabled us to create these this larger world and all of these characters is that really um, being strict with ourselves about what we want to include and what needs to stay out, so that it does feel of its time, so that it does represent that and that makes the personal horror even weirder because then you're like oh yeah i have this really strong sense of place 
and why is this happening to this person or what what is going to happen next because this person like they're so vulnerable because i can feel where they are i, I guess that's the best way i can describe it oh as i was just going to say like we even went so far with the demon's mirror to have the mix be an actual artifact in the game where uh you know amy the protagonist uh was investigating the death of her friend dawn and the mix was literally a cassette that Don had given to Amy shortly before she died, you know? So. <laughs> That's so rad. I love your, that, like, no, it's cool, man. I, I'm uh, as a fan of uh, music myself, I'm not like a, uh, I'm going to call myself an expert or whatever. I like to listen to music. Sometimes I've had not for every story on our channel, but there's specific moments and specific stories that I've used music while writing notes or, or thinking to, to get myself um, in a mood that I want the tone to come across as, you know, in, in specific stories of ours, like uh, in our homecoming one, like the last third or last half of it or last third of it, actually, I was listening to a lot of Radiohead uh, because at the time Westworld season one was out on HBO and they had a lot of Radiohead playing on piano and it kind of led me down this rabbit hole. And so I'd find when I was doing notes for that, that those last few sessions, I was listening to like songs like, um, what was that motion picture theme song that Radiohead does, you know, and stuff like that. And just like bringing out this, like uh, these, I hate to sound all whatever, uh, you know, snooty, but bring out these emotions within me. So when I'm writing, I feel like I, I'm coming across because that's the emotions I want to get out of the players when the scene happens. You know what I mean? Or when those exactly happen. Exactly. I don't think that's snooty at all. I mean, I think with I think the thing with horror games is that the emotions have to be there. The stakes have to be there in order for people to invest and to care and to be as um, stricken by what what is actually happening here. Um, like as Aaron, as my character Aaron is is losing more of his humanity as he's going through, like what is this doing to his brain? Like it's 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 uh, something that we shouldn't shy away from. I think it needs to be talked about because to make the personal horror even more horrifying, you have to say like, what does this person care about? What means the most to them? What is being taken away from them? And that is that humanity. I think that at least he's trying to slightly cling to I don't know anymore but um but that's important and another piece to the playlist is that so I've made playlists for myself in terms of my character like my interpretation of the chronicle and that's kind of like I throw any songs into that playlist for myself to listen to just to get myself in that mindset but then also <laughs> I've then created a playlist for Aaron like songs Aaron would hear on the road or things that would be touchstones for him so if he happens to walk into um a convenience store and he over he hears this song like that means something to him. And so, and it means something to me playing him. And so, um, so David has allowed me to ha get, send him about, I don't know, 16 songs that would be like Aaron's road trip mixed. And so these, these run the gamut from like 70s country to, you know, modern, more modern quote unquote, new 1990s, um, like, uh, I don't know, just anything really. So it's, it's been really fun with that too. Music's a big piece of it. That's pretty awesome. I like, I like uh, how you guys have integrated music into the story. Thanks. I guess uh, that brings us to the last uh, last question we had. This is this is a question that I want to know the answer to, and I'm sure some other listeners may want to be clued in on this. What was your favorite moment as storyteller or player or both in your chronicle? What you personally, what's your most favorite moment? Mm. We were just talking about one last night that may be oh favorite moment. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't listened, then there's like spoilies, <laughs> you know. But like spoilers. Yeah. But um, basically, in the demon's mirror, 
Demon's Mirror started out as a Hunter's Hunted Chronicle, and then I and then we switched gears over into um, Hunter the Vigil uh, in order to again like kind of referencing back to that first question, like give Desiree some extra powers so that she could like thrive because Hunter's Hunted I think is a great group game. But uh, as far as the duet game, Hunter the Vigil, or even if you wanted to go back and do Hunter the Reckoning, um, you know, might be better because the, the character is more empowered. So uh, we, we did the whole bit where Desiree's character, Amy, was discovering her powers, you know, like they were sort of emerging uh, due to, you know, basically being this, uh, inheriting this this bloodline of hunters. Um, and... So there was an episode where she confronted uh, Karen Anatos, uh, who was the, the primary antagonist of the Chronicle. Karen, we love you. Huh? I said, Karen, we love you. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, that was a very high stakes episode uh, where I, we were just talking about this last night, actually. Like, Desiree, weren't you saying like, that's the closest you've ever felt to like playing like high stakes poker, basically. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like in terms of that, that's when the duet gaming can get really intense because it's like, okay, either this is going to work or I'm going to fail miserably and everything's on the line. And Oh my God. And like, yeah, I think we were talking about that. Cause um, yeah, we were talking about that, this moment where Amy, Amy's powers come through and she succeeds in such a, a, a wonderful way for Amy, at least not so much for Karen. And that was just so thrilling. And so that was a really good moment for sure. Yeah. I mean, that was like after that session, it was like, oh, you know, you had to like to give this deep exhalation afterwards. And, uh, you know, like, I mean, that's like the storyteller hangover kind of thing, you know, where it's just like, <laughs> those are the best, though. That's what it's all about. I mean, like, when you get to that, when if you can pull that off with someone and you guys are connecting on that wavelength, man, that is fucking special dude you know what i mean that means you both are vested i love that feeling even though yeah, it's that, that's it is a really good feeling and that it, it's also kind of funny because um it comes up in in weird times in terms of moments i would say um moments for me um god um there's been so many amazing moments mm-hmm. and i think the one that stands out to me the most with aaron is when he actually was able to pull off his ridiculous script um, on Karen's mm. show and to call out that elder and the elder came forward and he and Karen like took him down. Like that was so amazing. Like it was actually successful. And like, I wrote this ridiculous script and it came through and, and it was You're just trying. really, yes, exactly. And it was just like, yes. Huh. So that Hunting was really good. On television you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly so that i mean at least for neon masquerade i mean 13 candles to me had a lot of fun moments most memorable i think would be um how to incorporate werewolves into a vampire chronicle and not have them be too deadly <laughs> but just scary enough mm-hmm. and i hope i pulled that off because it was just fun to um have a different feel there i, I don't know but that, for me 13 candles was having those werewolves around that's true yeah Good. Yeah, props to you guys also for incorporating New World or uh, Chronicles of Darkness and One World of Darkness games together. We've done that too, and we like. I mean, there's mm. no reason to keep them separate. So when I heard that you guys were adding uh, visual to it, like I thought that was rad. I thought that was super awesome, man. So 
that's what makes you guys special. Um, thank you, Ben. For I mean, there's a lot more to it than just that. But... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you didn't have that, I would not have you on the show. You're out of here. No, thank you. Yeah, thank you for helping out educate us on on duet game. And and again, for those listening, check them out. I I, I shit you not. I, I swear, like like we were telling them off camera, like we have a Discord for Twin Cities by Night, and people talk more about the esoteric guys. It seems like than our own stuff because they have such a good reputation, man. You know what I mean? So it's awesome, and it's it's glad to have you guys on. So again, it'll be uh it'll, their information will be listed in the notes of both the podcast and the video versions. Uh, so we are going to take our next break, and then when we come back, I do uh, shameless self promotion and let you guys know what is going on with our stuff. I'll catch you then. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin at highlevelgames.ca please help they're coming <laughs> all right so this is where i talk about our stuff and give shameless plugs to what's going on so next sunday the 13th we'll be having our changeling the lost story vanity will be picked up again and man that's been a roller coaster ride uh someone multiple people have said that if they didn't know that Andrew and I were friends, they thought we were frenemies, dude, by how that game is going. Just a wide variety of like emotional characters who are dealing with like the whole um just the mental and physical abuse that they sustained at the hands of True Fay. And we've had this like last couple of scenes that have taken place at the beach house of my character, like this real ratty beach house. And it's just been like the the worst <laughs> the worst cookout ever. But uh it's uh it's been awesome, man. I've really been having fun playing that game and just kind of like seeing how everyone and their characters kind of like handling the emotional trauma that's been going on and man andrew's been killing it tillman's been killing it man slavic's been killing it and and, and adam as a storyteller he, just the amount of work and like 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 that guy is one of the nicest fucking people i've met involved in role playing he, uh, uh don't period. forget this is his first time storytelling too his so. first time storytelling yeah. ever and he's been running this game and and i cannot stress enough go check that out if you like like kind of more character development like uh and i use the term personal horror game but like the horror of changing changeling and people dealing with that and we and and the thing that is blowing my fucking mind is the fact that i was like i haven't really even touched to the like the core plot yet of the story i'm like what do you mean like 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 it seems like we've been doing all this like deep rooted shit and um man it just blows my mind this last session was just so like fun to play in especially how he's been playing like the npcs and just like that charlie kid and the wide range of emotions that you know that he's had with him and it's just really been fucking awesome so check that out uh again it's a change in the lost game then on the 20th we're coming back with twin cities by night <sighs> How fucking happy does it make me to run this game again? I was so fucking nervous to pick this game up with the first session, and now I just can't fucking stop thinking about it, man. It just feels so good to be fucking in that setting again and just like with the with like just how much in the year that we didn't play that game that 
we've grown as like, you know, I feel I've grown as a storyteller and the players have grown as players. And now just to like take all the lessons we've learned in the last year and plus new, two new players, Andrew, who's playing uh, Lenny the Nosferatu. And then we have, uh, you know, Mitch, who's playing Warren the Tremere, just like, like, like touching upon this story again. And it feels so good to do it, man, because I feel like I'm taking my time and I just feel like everything's fucking clicking and I'm getting to touch upon themes again that I haven't touched upon in a long time. I can't wait to show the really super creepy side to the Nosferatu and just like, you know, the ghoul and how, how that just ruins people and makes him so much worse. Uh, just the, the Vitae and that, that drive to, to have something that like uh, they, they, they're just addicted to and they just can't quite grasp or, or understand it. You know, and the and the the bond, it, the the blood bond to someone that uh, is just using you. That's a really dark story. I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, man. Like that, I was uh, not spoil no spoilers for people who haven't watched it. But when I was listening to the podcast version uh, of the last Twin Cities by Night chapter on that scene with Lenny, uh, and and the coach was just like, "Holy cow!" Like, just was really fucking intense, man. And that's like one thing that like with the first story arc of twin seas by night i really like tried to set the tone of like i want more like the personal horror and like um really like uh lack of a better term like intimate scenes and i feel now that's been happening a lot more you know where like I'm, i don't feel like i'm rushed to put out the the main plot of the story out there and i'm just letting it organically happen and it's just uh it's nice man it's really nice because like i said i was nervous uh, touching that story again, I thought it was going to flop and I just thought it was going to fail. And it was just like really nerve wracking to do it. And now I just like want to play it every fucking week, which I kind of do props to people who can run games every week. I can't do because I would literally be like a mindless zombie. My wife would hate me. My kids would disown me, you know, so I would not be able to hold a conversation or do anything else. So props to you, though, guys that can do that, who are listening. And then so uh, on the 27th, we're finally going to get around to the character creation session of Hunters Hunted to corruption with andrew's gonna be running we were gonna have it last month but due to scheduling conflicts we had to reschedule um do you want to talk a little bit about that i mean you've talked about before andrew but uh you know one thing i would like you to talk about about it that we talked that we were discussing when um when we uh when when we had to reschedule was that you really really want all the players to be there for the character creation session explain that because i really like it really struck home with me, got me even more excited to hear you say this. Um, one of the things that uh, I think is really important when you're doing a group game, um, which is kind of separate from, you know, completely the opposite of doing a duet, you know, you're having a group of people. And it's to me, it's very important that everyone's able to uh, create a character that is is part of uh, the other people's story. You know, you want everyone to be involved in the story. And as a storyteller, I don't want to develop too much of the plot without having uh, an idea of how everyone fits in. And so the character creation session is not just like filling out dots on your sheet. It's about creating like this story that everyone can kind of uh, work together, especially for something like Hunters. You know, it's not something that I want to... um, I don't want to have it like where, you know, you're just, oh, you have like, everyone has their own like separate thing. I want everybody involved. And so it was, um, if, if, if just at least for that very first session, I kind of, I need everybody there. <laughs> I need everyone to be able to make it so we can sit down and we can just work out and come up with interesting, um, it's interesting ways you can tie each other into your own stories. 
from personal experience, and for those of you who watched uh, Wars on Fire, it really does fucking help, man. It really helps having a character creation, a joint character creation session, because um you can hit the ground running like like from session one you know there's always when you don't i feel when you don't have a character creation session there's always like a i mean there's still filling out period even in the chronicle if you do this but it's not as long where people are trying to figure out what their characters are like slavic mentioned it best he said there's the character you create and then there's a character you play you know and sometimes yeah. it's not quite the same but i feel the character creation sessions especially group ones do help with that especially like with how like uh, Slavic and Adam decide they want Mitch and Cora to have like a pass together. You know what I mean? Stuff yeah. like that. A little, little. And the banter that has come up through the through the story between the two of them because of that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It adds layers. And so I was really happy to hear that, man. And I'm really so excited to play and have you run a game for us, finally, Andrew. And for those of you who don't know, like our goal is to have three games going at once with different storytellers. You know, and then just like, and we have like guys who are like in the bullpen waiting to run you know what i mean run stories there's like uh i mean there's tons of them like now just even now recently there's been talk about doing the demon the fallen game but you know there's like tons of them so we're we're really we're really excited and then finally in our next episode of uh, of um the brian diaries is going to our guest is going to be dixie who is uh editor for onyx path she does she's done editing for like a lot of different projects she's one of the hosts for the onyx Pod, podcast onyx path podcast called the onyx podcast she's one of the hosts with eddie webb and matthew dawkins so she'll be on talking about the importance of editing and and the role-playing industry more specifically white wolf and how a lot of people who are writers uh you know might want to look into to having someone editing their stuff we kind of touched that subject with josh heath when we talked about the storytellers vault and how he recommended having someone edit your work when you post something to the storytellers vault and so she'll kind of like open our eyes and kind of shine light on that aspect and then we confirmed that matthew dawkins the gentleman gamer will be the guest after that and uh she he will be talking about uh giving advice for people who want to break into writing for the RPG industry, more specifically, obviously, World of Darkness, you know, Onyx Pass slash White Wolf, seeing that he works for both companies and just how you can do that, you know, because a lot of people want to write. Uh, it's evident. I'm not a writer myself. I mean, I would like to be, but it's just, uh, um, I don't, um, yeah. It's not it's easy. Not, not easy. It's not easy at all. And I think some people need to have kind of like a see someone who's been successful because Matthew Dawkins was someone who started creating YouTube videos and now is one of the main Canon developers. If not, I think the main Canon developer for V5. So uh, it's it's kind of cool. And he's, you know, obviously done Beckett's Jihad Diary and ton of books that come that are very from uh popular in the scene uh the brian book club will keep going on i'm just kind of doing the brian book club whenever i get the urge to do it i released one on uh my friend Dahmer. tons of horror books i'd like to cover and everything like that is this kind of like when i get the urge to do one i'm going to do one so keep your eyes open for those uh and, and and see if they can help inspire you or give you some material that you can use to to for inspiration in world of darkness games as always you can find us on twitter at twin underscore cities underscore vtm or you can find us on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. If you happen to like the videos, a subscription, a thumbs up, and a comment would mean a lot. Also, if you happen to enjoy our podcast format, uh, iTunes review or a review on your uh, what your preferred app would, would mean a lot. Also, we have a Discord that you can find. Come by, shoot the shit with us. You'll see, uh, yeah, you'll see me at my embarrassing most. And then, uh, other than that. Uh, do you, any of you guys have anything to say before we let you all go to freedom to where you don't have to answer questions from us anymore? <laughs> oh, I love that. I love answering questions. That went by quickly, but um, this was really wonderful. Thanks for having us. Oh, no yeah, worries. Really Thank you for being on. 
Yeah, thank you for being on. You guys are super friendly. And again, I cannot stress to people listening, even if you enjoy our stuff, listen to these folks if you already don't, because it is like friggin' awesome. Top notch. What's what's that? (laughs) Top notch, literally, like legitimately top notch, man. So I would say one of the best, definitely by far. So uh, other than that, check you guys later. I got cold brew to fucking baseline (laughs) into my veins. I got to let you guys go. I'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. But why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. <laughs>